Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Good morning. Yeah, It's time to wake up. It's five and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lankford on the pregame show. Hope you're having a terrific Friday morning. We got game four tonight, and this is about as close to a must-win as you could possibly have. Outside of being in an elimination game where it's do or die, and as opposed to being in a game seven situation or a game six situation where you're down 3-2, if you go down 3-1, I don't know if there's a chance that you are going to be winning three straight against this Celtics team. So tonight is very important. We got a lot to get into within the game because there were some stats that came across the desk yesterday. And when I mean the desk, I mean the phone. And it had to do with Steph Curry's on-court and off-court stats that I wanted to get into. So that led me down a rabbit hole so far from the finals with how these guys on the Warriors are performing when they're on the court versus when they're off the court. And there are some of them, well, there's really one that's very alarming to me. All the others, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty interesting. But other than, there's one that's very alarming, and I do think that speaks to uh, what I want to see from the Warriors tonight. So we'll get to all that later. we got the doghouse coming up at 5.15. If you want to weigh in on the doghouse, of course, 888-957-9570. That's not only for the doghouse. That's for everything on the show. You can just weigh in on anything that you want. Hell, if you want to weigh in on Top Gun Maverick, feel free. Saw that last night. Fantastic. Oh, couldn't get over it. Top Gun is just, you know, it, 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 Top Gun is one of my childhood movies. You know, it's one that uh, it's one it's one that my dad used to show everybody, at least the intro, because that's when we got surround sound back in 2000. <laughs> and like and he would just bring everyone over. You know how many times I've watched the opening scene of Top Gun? You know how many times I've heard Danger Zone 
A billion. <laughs> because he just wants to show off to his friends. Look at this surround system that I got. I got to show you Top Gun. Also, Twister. Twister would be number one on that list. Uh, but Top Gun Maverick saw that yesterday. Normally, I'm not a big fan of sequels. I think that uh, they need to be more creative. But, man... That was really good. I highly recommend that if you feel comfortable, if you feel safe enough to go into a movie theater and watch Top Gun Maverick because it was awesome. Just very, way more realistic. Very realistic. Tom Cruise is insane. So I highly recommend you go check that out. And that actually is going to lead me to something that I have in the doghouse because there was someone in the movie theater who did something that really, it it really didn't make me that mad. But my girlfriend pointed it out, Jesse pointed it out, who was sitting next to me, and she got really frustrated with this one person, because she's not into, you know, the whole stand up and clap after a movie's over if you enjoy it, you know? So this one person did something in the movie theater. We'll save that for the doghouse at 5.15. Uh, But one thing that I wanted to talk about to start the show, and no, it's not the Giants losing to the Rockies 4-2, and Logan Webb... We heard those comparisons to Matt Cain with Logan Webb, and you are seeing it now because even in a start where maybe he pitches well, these last two that he's gone against the Marlins and the Rockies, well, the manager pulled him early against the Marlins when he shouldn't have, and the Giants sustained four errors, which led to a bunch of unearned runs, yet some of them were tallied toward Logan Webb, which I didn't necessarily agree with, but nevertheless, they lose 4-2, to two, and now they got to... Easy series. This is going to be something simple to bounce back with. Now that they're facing the L.A. Dodgers at home, and they are 14-13 and 13 at home on the season. So, just, Giants, they make me sad. We'll talk about them once these NBA Finals are over, and we'll get a little more into it. But the Warriors, there's been some fallout here. I didn't expect this yesterday. I really, look, this is just me. Because I only have an hour, right? It's it's not a ton of time, and I didn't want to focus so much on Draymond's podcast, which if you have a three-hour show like every other show on, on this station, you absolutely can dedicate a segment to it, but I only got an hour here, and there was plenty to get to from the game, so I tried to not make, my, uh, not make a large segment of my show about Draymond's podcast because uh, that's what tends to happen after these sort of games, but there was some fallout from it, and I did want to start off uh, with it because... You obviously heard the post-game clip, and I'm going to play it one more time because this guy, Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report, and this is after the Game 3, Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report asked Draymond whether he's worried about giving X's and O's to other coaches. Jake Fisher is the guy that asked the question from Bleacher Report. Let me play this sound again just to refresh your memory. I don't say much different on the podcast than I say to you right here. What's the X's and O's that I said on the podcast? The only little thing I, I noticed that like really stood out, you talked about how to cover White, Smart, and Horford differently between games one and two. That was really only... Oh, yeah, that was just contesting shots. That, if that's X's and O's, then I don't... You're reaching for something. It's all good, though. Keep going. <laughs> reaching heavy. The only thing... You find that they are taking X's and O's away from your, your podcast. Uh, are, well, the only thing you've said is... Um, White, Smart, and Horford. Hmm. I'm not trying to blow it up. I, nah, I mean, you, you went for it, but yeah. hey, respect. Appreciate the podcast uh, promo you just gave me, though. Him, the Draymond Green Show. You Next time, just mention it that way. So, All right, <laughs> so, Jake Fisher 
What do you know? Wrote an article for Bleacher Report, and the headline is, Draymond's Green post-game podcasts add new wrinkle to opponent scouting tasks. And he goes on in the article and mentions that several Boston coaches are tuning into every episode. Dallas Mavericks staffers at least monitored snippets of the feed for information during the Western Conference Finals. One NBA assistant coach, Anonymous, told Bleach Report, both teams are definitely looking for any small possible, any small advantage they possibly can. And this article goes on and on and on and, and, and just talks about the, just the finals and the way that the Warriors have gotten into it and how the data helped the Celtics, blah, 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 blah. But here's where I'm at with the podcast. And I've listened to almost every episode. I mentioned that yesterday, too, when I, when I mentioned this for a little bit. Draymond does not give X's and O's on the podcast. I've never heard him go in-depth about the Warriors. As a matter of fact, I've never even thought when I'm listening to the podcast, like, damn, I really wish he would have talked about the Warriors a little more. Because throughout these playoffs, his schedule, his rundown for his podcast, every episode, it would go five to ten minutes, maybe, on the Warriors. And then the rest talking about... The, 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 and, and the rest talking about the other teams in the playoffs and these other playoff matchups. And whenever he would talk about the Warriors, he really wouldn't say a lot. Like, you'd think that we would have been playing a lot more of the content from his podcast based on the Warriors, but really Draymond uses it as a way to talk about other things. Now, granted, the Warriors are the only team playing right now, So he is going to talk extensively about it. But in this last podcast, a lot of it was just regarding the Celtics fans. Now, I really, I was surprised when he did say he let the noise get into his head. I was surprised that he admitted that. But what I've gotten from the podcast and what uh, I've read into it was anytime he's had a bad game, Anytime that he's had a bad game. I, I think he's actually had a good postseason. I know a lot of people are digging deep for uh, for anything that they could find against Draymond through the, through the postseason. How he was in the regular season versus the postseason. And they're doing all this digging to find any dirt on Draymond. Because Draymond apparently is enemy number one right now among both fan bases. It's not even just the Celtics fan base. That's how tough that loss was. That's how personal the Warriors fans took that loss is because they're tired of Draymond podcasting. But what I've seen is Draymond take the accountability, say that he's admit that he's played terrible, which he did on that podcast, and basically say that he's going to pick things up. And I think that that is some sort of tool. Somebody actually mentioned this on the text line yesterday and you know, this was uh, this was an interesting text because he was trying to make fun of Draymond, and this was during the morning roast, and he said something along the lines of, "Draymond is using his podcast as if it's its own as if it's his own diary," and I'm thinking to myself, "Well, yeah, that's essentially what podcasts are," and and here's the other thing, and this is something that nobody's really taking into account, and Sam Amick who's a national NBA writer for for The Athletic. I believe he used to cover the Kings. Um, But he is a national NBA writer, and this article came out 28 minutes ago. 28 minutes ago. And he interviewed Draymond Green, and there was only like three questions that were involved here. And it, it goes on to talk about, you know, whether he 
get sick of talking to the media and all this sort of stuff. And Draymond's like, no, nah, I don't get sick of talking. And he talks about how the podcast is all business. Here's the question. I love the commentary, but it seems like it would be a lot. You play a game, then you post up and you're doing the pod. Then Draymond responds, it's all business, you know? The way I view my podcast is that I'm operating a business. Like, you can't get tired of operating your own business or it fails. So it's something that I take as serious as I do basketball. And so if I'm going to show up for the game, I show up for the podcast or it doesn't work. And I want to remind everybody, he's not just doing this podcast only voluntarily. He's working with Colin Cowherd in the volume sports Colin Cowherd, I don't know what the money's like when he's doing this podcast, but when you get paid to do something, you're going to do it, no matter what. And that's what Draymond's being paid to do right now. It's not just, yeah, he's doing it for free. I could be wrong on that, but my assumption is, based on the amount that he's done it, he can't just say, oh yeah, I'm going to take time off when this is going to be the time when I get the most listeners, when I get the most interaction. And it's really just a... In my opinion, when I've done podcasts before, and if you ever do the same, you're going to find this too. It's that if you have anything cooped up inside that you don't feel that you could talk about with you know, your regular friends or your family, whatever, you could say it on the podcast. And I think there's something therapeutic to it because he's able to speak to what how he did in that last game and share his real thoughts on stuff, regardless of whether you think he's right or wrong. I just... I don't think the podcast has anything to do with his performance. I'm not bothered by it at all. I think people are just trying to find any sort of excuse, any sort of reasoning as to why Draymond's not playing well. It's just you keep on adding layer after layer after layer when it comes to Draymond Green. It's just, well, he played poorly. He's also doing this. He's also doing that. He needs to stop and just play the game. That's just all it's turned into with Draymond Green. And you kind of knew it was it was coming, But I'll tell you, there's not been any sort of backlash like there was with the time when he said that he was going to uh, when he was going to skip a possible regular season game if LeBron James breaks Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. And he says he's going to go to that game. And there was tongue in cheek involved. And the Warrior fans went ballistic. (laughs) Insane. I'd never seen a reaction like that. Then he pulled it back and then he called everybody dumb for believing him. Oh, man. I just think, look, I I just think it's a good way for him to speak on the way that he played. And he's a man of his word. He's not going to just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I played terrible. I'm going to pick it up in the next game and just not try and live up to his word. So I think this game four, he's going to come out with a different intensity. I think they're going to watch the film because I did think they were caught sleeping on a few possessions. I mean, just go back and watch the play where Al Horford throws a, throws a, I'm not going to say a Jimmy Garoppolo 30-yard pass. I guess I could use a, you know, let's just, let's just use, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Al Horford threw a Patrick Mahomes-like pass. I believe it was to Jalen Brown. I could be wrong on that one, but they caught Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson and everybody sleeping. They just weren't ready. So I think it's going to be a different game four tonight for the Golden State Warriors. And we will get all into the preview at 535 because I have got some statistics, baby. I know you love stats. I got some crazy stats that'll blow your mind, but that's coming up at 535. Coming up next is the doghouse. 888-957-9570 is the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number. Who is in your doghouse for this week? Is it 
Draymond Green? Is it somebody in the world of sports? Because I got one that popped up yesterday that frustrated the hell out of me. It doesn't have anything to do with the Bay Area, although he was previously a manager in the Bay Area. That should give you a little hint, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just wait till you hear that. That's coming up next. The Doghouse, 888-957-9570. Stephen Lightfoot in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. I need Bruno Mars to come out with a new album. I know he had Silk Sonic, the one with Anderson Pack, which was fantastic. Maybe he could have come out with a new album today. I don't know. I just need Bruno Mars. Come out with something new. Miss that guy. That's going to conclude our Bruno Mars talk for today. 888-957-9570 is the Xfinity mobile text slide and the phone number if you'd like to weigh in. The Doghouse. Who is in your doghouse for this week? We haven't done it in a couple of weeks here because I was out two weeks ago and then last Friday it was not the right time to do it because we were trying to break down a game. Wasn't going to be doing it then. So today we have the Doghouse. Now at 535, we're going to be talking Warriors, Celtics, Game 4 tonight And I got some on-court, off-court stats that will blow your mind. I don't know. They're just statistics, and they are pretty... There's one that's very alarming to me. There's one that's very alarming, so we will get to that at 5.35. But it is time to get to the doghouse. It's no fun. It ain't no fun being in the doghouse, to tell you that much. Who's in your doghouse for this week? 888-957-9570. We started this toward the beginning of the football season because Kyle Shanahan was constantly putting players in his doghouse. So you know what? I gave us a doghouse. If Kyle Shanahan can have a doghouse, why can't we have a doghouse? So 888-957-9570. Anybody from the world of sports, anybody from life, just in general... I got one from sports and one from life that I do want to get to. But we got plenty, 
We got plenty from the world of sports. We got plenty. Coach Davidson Concord, though, decided to call in. Was nice enough to call in. Coach Davidson Concord, who is in your doghouse for this week? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, in my doghouse is actually two uh, groups, really. Mm-hmm. First is the Golden State Warriors defense. And the second is the East Coast media and all the Laker fans on Twitter that all of a sudden became Celtic fans. <laughs> okay, and so, uh, I mean, I, I just find it uh, interesting. But mostly it's the Warriors' defense because the requisite to beat Boston is how they play game two. I mean, they're going to have to be physical. I mean, I'm a, I'm a basketball coach, and the way I coach defense like that I tell them, if you be physical like that, you check yourself in and out because I need 100% energy 100% of the time. And I notice when you do that to Boston, same thing Boston does to Golden State to cause mistakes. When the Warriors do that, they turn the ball over. Boston does. So, mm. I mean, the same thing they like to do is also their Achilles heel. And right now, it's the only option, you know, we have left. Okay. Otherwise, you know, the Warriors are actually – fighting legacy because I mean there are fans and people in media that are waiting for them to fail so they can say their whole everything they've accomplished is a farce that's what that's kind of what they're facing a little bit mm-hmm. okay I mean I mean that's just maybe that's just, maybe I'm reading this wrong but it might be just Laker fans just having fun on Twitter but I'm starting to hear a little bit in the media yeah you know, Kevin Durant y'all needed Durant yeah I mean and so if they lose this series it's gonna it's gonna cripple I don't, I don't think it really cripples it because, I mean, you can't really stop history. The numbers are the numbers, but it's going to cripple their legacy Yeah, uh, no. a little bit. So Yeah. No, I appreciate yeah, That's the fo- all I have to say. I'm sure there are more calls, so thank you for t- taking my call. <laughs> no need to be mistaken, Coach Davis. You are my only caller right now. Uh, but I do see where you're coming from with the media, and, I, and yeah, it's going to be very frustrating. It will be. Having to defend this Warriors team to anybody who doesn't understand truly what went into that dynasty because I agree the Kevin Durant thing it over it overshadows everybody and the argument of well what has Kevin uh, what's Kevin Durant done without Steph Curry I think that is the best comeback so anybody anybody who says that anybody who says the Warriors can't wing rings without KD well just say they already did for one They were very close to winning a second without KD if their player didn't get suspended in the middle of the series, a crucial player in Draymond Green, then we could have been looking at a different series. So that's the way you got to respond. And don't follow along on... And Coach Davis just, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard not to. Just don't follow along on Twitter. Don't follow along on Twitter. Just don't do it. You know, I've tried to stay off as much as possible. And it is, it's been very refreshing. Been very refreshing. Now, granted, I feel like I have to get, like, an obligatory tweet out about the Warriors, so I just say something random, but I try not to follow along with any of that stuff, and if, you know, if you have a, I mean, can't you do the super mute thing, where you, like, take a word or take a, take a topic and you just mute everything that has to do with that topic? Isn't that a thing? Isn't that a thing? I think it's a thing. Pretty sure that's a thing. All right, before we get to my actual sports Doghouse. There is one doghouse that I have, and this just goes out to uh, anybody within a movie theater. I have a there. There's always a bunch of issues you can take with people in movie theaters, um, but there are a couple that I have, and this was from last night. Because went to see Top Gun Maverick. Highly recommend you go and watch that. 
Highly recommend it. Oh, Top Gun Maverick. Can't get over it. I want to go watch it again. Hell, I might even watch it after the Warrior game. Buy last-minute tickets. They're going to have tickets at, like, 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. I might go watch it again. But there was two things that happened. Number one, it was weird. Tom Cruise is, like, sitting in a director's chair, and he's talking to the camera before the movie starts. And he thanks all the fans for coming out to watch this movie. Saying that they used real F-18s in this one. Please enjoy the theatrical experience. Thanking everybody. This took decades to make. Blah, 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 blah. And then after he was done and the screen went dark, somebody in the, in the, in, in the seats randomly went, I love you, Tom! Shut up! You don't need to say anything! Tom can't hear you! He's not talking to you directly! Nobody laughed. Nobody said anything. You know, normally those types of things are supposed to elicit some sort of reaction. Did not. Did not. I love you, Tom! Who cares? Shut up. And the other thing is, if you are going to walk out of the movie theater... Can't we wait till we get out the door? Till we yell at our friends? Hey, I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. Hey, I'm gonna go back. Hey, we finished that large bag of popcorn. I gotta go get a refill. Make sure you get extra butter, bro. don't, Don't yell when you're in the hallway. Do it outside the door so none of us can hear you. There was somebody that did that yesterday. I'm like, why? Why do you gotta yell when you're still in the theater? Nobody cares about what you have to do. Nobody cares. All right. That, uh, that, that, that's just, a, you know, I'm doing like a version of Guru's Gripes here. But that person who yelled, I love you, Tom. And the other person who was yelling at their friends, telling them that they're going to the bathroom and that they're going to get extra popcorn. You're in the doghouse. I don't know if you're ever going to get out of the doghouse. That same person was probably crap, uh, clapping at the I almost said crapping, clapping at the end of the movie. You know? It's like, they can't hear you. This isn't a cons film festival. You don't need to clap at the end of a movie. You don't need to give a standing O. Although I should have given a standing O. Top Gun Maverick was awesome. Go go see it if you can. Go see it if you can. Um, One other thing, though, and this is just in the world of sports, and this one really made me mad because yesterday, you know, I was going back and forth, and I was thinking, you know, oh, Warriors, Celtics. Is there anyone from the Celtics I want to put in my doghouse? Celtics fans. Sure, you could put Celtics fans in there, but personally, I'm... This is just me, okay? I'm not trying to speak for, for anybody else here, but this is just my personal opinion, and if it's if it's wrong, I'm sorry. And if you have children that you like taking to games, I'm sorry, but like the whole issue of swearing at, at games, like I don't I don't really care about that. You know, Clay Thompson saying that the fans were rude, blah 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 blah. It's like fans swear. It's what happens at a sporting event, especially when you're in Boston. You know, so I don't really care about what the Celtics fans were chanting at Draymond. I don't care if it was classless, whatever. Like, this is a sporting event. I don't know. I Like, my parents did a very good job of trying to block me out from any swearing as I was, uh, as I was getting older. Because they didn't swear themselves. You know, they made sure I didn't watch any movies that had swearing in it until maybe I turned like 9 or 10 years old. They did a very good job of shielding me from that. They also didn't take me to Raider games. That was the number one thing. No, you're not going to a Raider game until you're 10 or 11 years old. 
I'm like five years old. Dad, can I go to a Raider game? Nope. <laughs> you kidding me? You're not going to a Raider game. Uh, so I don't. So I was trying to look for different things like that. Something from the series. There's no. There's nobody from the Warriors. There's nobody from the Celtics. But there is one that popped up yesterday, and this frustrated the hell out of me. Frustrated the hell out of me. Tony Larusa. All right. Tony LaRussa, he's the manager of the Chicago White Sox. I know a lot of you don't care about baseball, and that's fine because you're, you're fully focused on, on basketball. But there was something that happened yesterday in the White Sox game against the Dodgers. And the Dodgers won this one 11-9, so let me just get out that get that out the way. But the White Sox were up 4-2. to two. Okay? Four to two. There were two runners on base. And the Dodgers were up to bat. And who was up to bat? It was Max Muncy. So let me paint that again. Four to two. The White Sox are up on the Dodgers. Two men on base. And it's a one-two count. All right? A one-two count. You are one strike away. From getting out of the inning. Excuse me, it wasn't uh, Max Muncy. It was Trey Turner up to bat. I apologize. Trey Turner was up to bat. It was a 1-2 count. And Tony LaRussa decides to intentionally walk him. Intentionally walk him. And there was one runner on base. I apologize too. Damn it. There was one runner on base. And then he intentionally walked him to make it two runners on. So Max Muncy comes to the plate. And what does Max Muncy do? He hits a home run. To make it a 5-4 game. And Tony LaRussa... Went back at a reporter. I mean, you think the Draymond podcast thing that he went back and forth with at a reporter for the X's and O's, you think that was bad? You should have seen Tony LaRusso try to back up his, his decision for intentionally walking someone with two strikes. And for someone who's supposed to be from the old school and not caring about analytics, this dude sure as hell cares about analytics if you're intentionally walking a guy because he's really good when he has a one-two count on him. What? You have a chance to strike this dude out and you're going to intentionally walk this guy? Tony LaRusso, you're in the doghouse, man. Oh, oh boy. For the 510, you, sir, are in the doghouse for messing that up. <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. That does happen every now and then. That does happen every now and then. Where I'm doing the doghouse and then I'll be put in the doghouse for something that I'm doing during the doghouse. It's very meta. Very metal way to go. Uh, from the 925, Jurassic World comes out today, taking the fam. Oh, have fun with that. That's going to be awesome. Uh, from the 510, it's like when people clap after the movie. No one who made the movie is there. <laughs> I agree. Like the, I'm not gonna. I'm a, I'm a Harry Potter guy, right? Big Harry Potter fan. Grew up with it. So when the uh, when the last movie came out, I went to the midnight premiere because my buddy had a friend who worked for the movies and we got free tickets. So we're able to go to the midnight premiere. Why not? There's only going to be one midnight premiere for Harry Potter. One more, at least. And I'd never been to one before. And there are people out there who are doing a performance, basically, in the middle of the movie theater. They had on, like, the robes, the Gryffindor robes. They had on all of that. You know, and they're doing the... They're doing the and they're doing all that before the show. That's fine, because it's a midnight premiere. But this is 6 o'clock on a Thursday. You don't need to say, I love you, Tom, when Tom Cruise is making an announcement before the movie. Top Gun Maverick, though. Highly recommend it. I'm, I, I, I'm, 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 big, on, I'm big on Top Gun. Love Top Gun. 
in Jurassic World. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that one. Although it looks like it takes place in a lot of places. You know? It really is Jurassic World. It's no longer just Jurassic Park where it takes place in a park. Looks like it's all over. At least that's based on the trailer. Let me know how that is. Uh, where were you at, 925? Make sure you text in on Monday, not only about uh, what happens with the Warriors, because we are going to be talking to the Warriors extensively, and we are going to talk about the Warriors here coming up next. But let me know how Jurassic World is. I'm very excited for that one. I feel like you got to go see that in the theater, right? I mean, that's what happens. It's a summer blockbuster. All right. When it comes to the Warriors, though, on-court and off-court stats. All right? I know a lot of people don't like them. I know a lot of people don't like stats in general. But these ones, when I read some of these off to you, because there's, you know, other than the Draymond podcast stuff yesterday, there's one talking point that I think we're just completely brushing aside, and I think that has to do with Jordan Poole. And there are these on-court, off-court stats. I'm going to read some off from the uh, from the Warriors here because there are some that are pretty glaring when it comes to the Warriors and Steph being on the court and off the court, uh, GP2, Draymond Green. But there's also Jordan Poole, and I think that we are just kind of making excuses here. And in my opinion, I, I think tonight... You need Jordan Poole to step up just as much as anyone. Um, Dre and Poole, both of them. I'm not saying Dre didn't have a bad game, but there are some stats that I saw from yesterday uh, which are pretty glaring when it comes to Jordan Poole. So we'll get to all of that next. Stephen Lightford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Thundercat on a Friday can never hurt. And if you don't know who Thundercat is and you're into jazz and funk and soul and bass guitar licks, slap it a bass. If you're into that, Thundercat, that's the artist for you. Telling you, Thundercat, he's awesome. Check him out if you can. So, uh, we got a lot of text here at the Xfinity Mobile text line at 888-957-9570. And I'm going to read a couple off because some of you wanted to weigh in uh, on the doghouse uh, from the 510. It was good, but don't go see it in 3D. Not much jumping out at you. The Dino Movie. <laughs> they should have called it that. Jurassic World. The Dino Movie. All right, I'm in it. From Big Kurt from East Oakland. You're in the doghouse for liking Top Gun. That movie was trash. No action. How could you say that was trash? I mean, if you thought it was trash, that's fine. And from the 408, Dr. Rick from the Progressive Commercial. That's basically how I am. <laughs> that's basically it. Dr. Rick. Uh, I feel like I'm watching my parents whenever I'm watching that commercial. You know how many times I've had that situation where you're at a movie theater and, uh, you know, it's like, Mom, you don't have to take a picture of me next to the poster. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need a picture next to this poster. It's okay. It's just a movie poster. Oh, man. Uh, what, was the, what was one more here? Uh, one more from the 209. I like this show. I look forward to it. Can you start 30 minutes earlier? Look, if you like the movie Top Gun Maverick content, 
Just wait till after the finals are over and we're in the summer and we don't have anything to talk about. One of my best shows was a movie theater show where I was in a dilemma and there was someone who was in on crutches. Her leg was clearly broken. We were watching First Man, that one with Ryan Gosling, and, uh, and, and she was answering her phone during the movie. But she's also on crutches and has clearly a broken ankle or a broken leg. I, I didn't have the heart to be like, hey, can you, you know, go out the door? I wasn't going to say walk. Can you just go out the door? Maybe answer your phone out there. I was in a dilemma. I didn't want to, like, make the move. Because it looked like they really struggled to get to their seats. So that was one of my best shows. So stay tuned for that after the finals. But we do have the finals game for tonight. And I want to start off talking about Jordan Poole. Because one of the uh, one of the talking points from yesterday was of course Draymond Green and the pot and, and just how terrible he was. He wasn't a good he he didn't play well. That might have been his worst game of the season, to be honest with you. It really it re- when you look back at the at the games that he's played and you don't really have a lot of comparisons to that one in uh, that one, the the those couple of games last season, like against the Hornets or against the Spurs, where he just chucked it up last second, or you know got ejected against the Hornets. But statistically, getting fouled out, it, it just wasn't a good game for Draymond Green. So that was a big talking point, and we're also going back and you know looking at who performed and who didn't perform and. You know, we're we're talking. You know, it's Steph and Clay. They played pretty well. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. He's trying to be aggressive, but he's not knocking down his threes. He was one for six, but he still had eighteen points, and he's still playing defense and rebounding the basketball. He's still doing all those good things. And really, the uh, the only two that we're paying attention to, outside of anyone, any of those guys from the starting five, including Kevon Looney in that situation, but it's Draymond Green and it's also Jordan Poole. And this is just me, and I and I understand that you know Jordan Poole is the future for this team. I do believe that he's an absolute stud, right? He's a like he's a beast. I really like watching Jordan Poole play, but he has not lived up to the hype in these finals. So if you're somebody, because like when for example when the game when the series against the Nuggets started, right? I did a little Facebook Live video with somebody from the Denver station. I believe it's 104.3 The Fan over there in Denver. And yeah, I'm just dropping that right over there. I'll pick that I'll pick that little drop up if that counts as a drop. Hey, I did a Facebook Live for the radio station. But they were asked they or they were asking me, you know, what's what's this Jordan Poole guy? Like what's happening with Jordan Poole? We haven't heard of Jordan Poole. Nobody knows anything about Jordan Poole around here. They were telling me that over there in Denver as they were going on to face the Nuggets. So I'm thinking, damn, okay, and you know, you you you, you tell them all about him, and you said that look, he's really crafty around the rim. His handles are next level. Um, he can pull up and shoot the three right in your face. He could do it from. He could really score from anywhere at any time off the dribble. And really, other than Steph Curry, it seems like he's the only guy that can create his own shot. But you haven't really been seeing that. That's the explanation that I gave. And you haven't really seen that in this in this in these finals. You saw it in the past couple of series, but you know he started to cool off toward the end of that Grizzlies series. Same thing with the Nuggets too. Started to cool off after Game Three. The Mavs series, he was fantastic, but the Mavs really were not that good. And. Jordan Poole in these finals, 
he has not been good. Game one, nine points on seven shots. Game two, 17 points on 14 shots. He knocked down five of his nine threes, although a majority of that, one of those threes came in the first half, and then, of course, he had that half-court shot toward the end of the third quarter and then started going off after that. And then in game three, he only had 10 points on eight shots. He was one of four from three, and he also had three assists. And a lot of people are looking at his age. He's about to turn 23 in nine days. So he's 22 years old right now. And I'm just, I don't know, I just felt like, I understand that he's not having a good finals. And look, he's 22 years old, it's his first finals, it's okay, he can have some screw-ups here and there. And that's, that's all well and good, but I think what the Celtics have proven, or what they did prove in Game 3, because that was not as not the best game that they could play, but that's damn near close. That's the formula for how they want to beat this Warriors team. It is winning in points in the paint. It is crashing the glass. It is being more physical. Using their size to their advantage. All of that. Making Steve Kerr think. But I think if Jordan Poole were just to start scoring, you also need Klay Thompson to do it early, too. We did have a Klay Thompson game, but he also had his first three shots, and they were all miss. All of them. He didn't make his first one until about a minute and a half left in the first quarter. Needs to get going a little earlier there. If the number two scorer on the Celtics is going off in Jalen Brown, you got to match that. But I think that they we've proven here that with these guys who could score on the Warriors, especially Jordan Poole, who's coming off as a six man, you need this dude to really come through here if you want to win the finals. I, I, the age thing, I understand it. But it's the same way I was looking at Joey Bart prior to the Giants season. I know that it was going to be his first full 162-game season. I understand all that, but you needed him to be the power guy in that lineup. You did. You, you've, you've waited long enough for him to get called up. You don't have a lot of guys, at least to start the year. There were some on the injured list. You didn't have a lot of guys that were going to hit for power, especially as a right-hander. So you needed Joey Bart to be that guy. And no matter how young he was. And Jordan Poole, he has been just so crucial to the Warriors winning this year and staying within that three seed. I didn't think they'd stay there. I didn't think they'd stay there in the three seed. I thought we were heading to a four, maybe the five. But Jordan Poole was a big reason that the Warriors were able to stay afloat. He was huge for them. And when it comes to on-court and off-court stats... He is leading the team in plus-minus. Plus-minus game by game. Take those stats for whatever you want. I mean, you can look at you know Jason Tatum getting a minus 36 or whatever it was in game two. But in reality, it's because he was on the floor for a majority of the time. So if, the, if, if they start losing in the game and the Warriors start going on these little scoring streaks, then yeah, if you're on the court, you're most likely going to get a net rating of a minus in the plus-minus game after game. But when you have multiple games to go by, when Jordan Poole is on the court in total, the Warriors are a minus 18. And when he's off the court, they are a plus 9, which leads the team. So he leads the team both on court and off court in the stats that you don't want to lead them. And then not even to mention... When you get to the, the, this is just based on the traditional, I'm putting that in air quotes, this is based on the traditional stats. When you go to the advanced stats and you're talking on court, off court, 
I mean, Steph Curry, when he's on the court, their offensive rating is a 117.0, which is fantastic. 117 when he's on the court. And when he's off the court, heesh, they're at a 107.9. And that's because Jordan Poole needs to be your number one guy when Steph is not playing, and he hasn't lived up to that yet. Like, we can use the excuse of, well, he's 22, it's his first NBA Finals, he's bound to have some hiccups here and there. But that can't be the excuse tonight. That can't be the excuse. I can't have Jordan Poole shooting eight shots again. Just can't happen. You need him shooting 15 to 20 shots because that dude can score. He needs to be more decisive. He needs to be more confident. That was the thing that struck me more than anything. More than just the more more than just the yeah just the the handles and the shot selection and just the fact that you can make a three from anywhere the layups all of that the uh, layups with the offhand reverses splitting the defenders like the, my favorite move that he does is when he has two guys covering him behind the three point line he does this all the time whenever he's either on the left wing or the right wing and then he splits the two defenders somehow skates his way in between them and then goes to the hoop for a floater haven't seen that so far in these finals but the one thing that really struck me more than anything when we're talking about the ascension of Jordan Poole it was his confidence and he hasn't had that confidence so far except for you know at the end of Game two, really. Now, Steve Kerr talked about Jordan Poole, and he says he's not worried about him on offense. I'm not really concerned with with Jordan's offense, honestly. Um, I think everything starts at the defensive end of the floor for all of us, for our whole team. And that means individually each guy has to, to step up and play a better game tomorrow, uh, Jordan included. You know, when you play better defense, the, the offense seems to follow. And, and I think that has to be our, our focus tomorrow. Our defense was not... Not good yesterday. The defense wasn't good, and Steve Kerr talked about that too. He went on to talk about the box outs and something that we were talking about here on the 5 a.m. show was the Curry injury and, you know, everyone calling Al Horford a dirty player for what he did. And I think it was really more so for that three pointer as opposed to him falling on Curry's ankle when they're going for the loose ball. But we also mentioned here on the pregame show that if. That loose ball hadn't come from Marcus Smart crashing the boards and no one on the Warriors boxing out. You could have avoided that play altogether. But I think that to me, to me, like, of course you want everybody to step up. It's just, you know, that, that, that question becomes tired. And really, the exercise that we did prior to Game 3, that we all did, right? It was the Warriors win if. I think what we really learned after all of that is it's not just one person. It's not just one player. It's not just one thing that's going to have the Warriors win this game. You need a lot to go right to beat the Celtics. And to me, if Steph and Clay have a good game, have one like they had in that last game, you need the other guys to step up. Starts with Draymond Green. It does, because he's going to be getting a majority of the minutes. But I think if Jordan Poole would give you some scoring, then Steve Kerr is not going to be overthinking his lineup rotations. I mean, Steve Kerr, I think any other game would have left Steph in there for the third quarter, but he's so worried 
about getting scoring in the fourth quarter because, quite frankly, the Warriors have been terrible in the fourth quarter so so far through these finals. He's thinking ahead to the point where he's like, all right, you know what, I want to let Steph get some rest so he can play the fourth quarter. And then when he gives Steph rest, what do you know? The Celtics are still up by four after that magical third quarter that they had. So I, I really I really think that Jordan Poole, if he gives them some scoring, if he's more confident in this game, that's going to force Steve Kerr to think less as opposed to overthinking. And I think that's what's led to some of these lineup rotations, whether it's you know taking out Kevon Looney and putting Gary Payton in. Because even though the Celtics are killing you with size... You need someone smaller in there to bring in the scoring and it also help with defense. Jordan Poole doesn't bring much defense. So I think you need him in this game four. I don't like I don't care if he's twenty-two tonight. In these past three games, okay, fine. Twenty-two years old, playing in his first NBA finals. Let's give this guy a break. Well, I think he's very crucial to winning. And I love Jordan Poole. And when he goes off, oh, that'd be great. That would completely silence the Celtics fans. Draymond has to, though. Draymond has to come out with the physicality. You can't do all this talking and do all of these press conferences where you say, it starts with me, and then you don't come out physical. One thing We we talk about Draymond a lot, and Draymond is a lot of things, but one of the things that he certainly is is resilient. I think so. I think that this dude has been constantly shutting the doubters down. Because after he has a bad game, everyone goes after Draymond Green. He's everyone's favorite warrior to go after when he has a bad game. Steve Kerr, it's Draymond Green 1A, Steve Kerr 1B. Those are the two guys. You're never going to find a lot of criticism for, I don't know, you're not going to find a lot of criticism for Steph after that game. I know Steph was the only one bringing in the scoring, but once he had those two early fouls, I'm sorry, but Steph was getting absolutely roasted on defense. I know he had the 31 points, but go back and watch that game. It's just, it was basically the Warriors, they wanted to go after Derek White on defense, and Derek White had responded and delivered. You know, he had that high-effort play where he's uh, guarding a fast break and manages to draw the, uh, and manages to get the foul. So Derek White delivered, and on the other end, it was the Celtics going at Steph Curry. They've done the same thing with Kevon Looney, too. Kevon Looney has held his own. Steph did it because he couldn't play as physical as he wanted to. Um, I hope that could change tonight. Don't want them to get into early foul trouble, and I do not want turnovers to be an issue. They still had 16 turnovers in this last game compared to the Celtics' 12. And you heard that stat from Ime Udoka prior to Game 3. The Celtics... Haven't won a game this postseason when they've turned the ball over 16 or more times. So that's going to be huge for the Warriors' defense. It does start with the Warriors' defense, but as far as scoring goes, I want to see something from Poole. And in, after yesterday, after all the talk, you know, because we the Warriors will win if, got a lot of that, and I got a lot of Clay Thompson. If Clay Thompson has a Clay Thompson game. Well, Clay Thompson had a good game, and the Warriors still weren't able to pull it off. So there needs to be a lot more that has to happen and if there's anything that if there's any indicator as to all the talk around yesterday isn't one of the keys Draymond Green isn't it important that he has a good game we all know the record that the Warriors have when he has over double digits in points they have like a 80 percentage uh, 80% win rate when they when when Draymond scores in double digits when he scores more he needs to knock him down, though. He needs to make those open layups. Those open threes, he can take them. 
Doesn't need to take that many, but he needs to knock down at least one. Like, I I need Jordan Poole and Draymond Green to step up tonight. Need everybody to step up. It's all hands on deck. This is a must-win. Damn near... Damn near close to a Game 7. Like, this one, you go down 3-1, you come back to Chase Center, you certainly don't want to lose at Chase Center. Then you'd have to go back to Boston to possibly win again? That'd be really tough. You'd be really fighting an uphill battle if you're down 3-1, and that's just about as obvious of a statement as I could think of. From the 5-1-2, Poole went from being a starter to going in after the other team is already rolling. From the 5-1-2 also, Clay can do better than 7-for-17. Let's stop acting like we wasted a Clay game when he shot under 50%. I'm telling you, he needs to get going early. Tim Roy was talking about it on the morning roast yesterday. He said about Clay Thompson, he said, well, all it takes is one. And he's talking about it takes just one shot to fall, and that's when Clay gets his confidence going. I need that shot to fall before the minute and a half mark left in the first quarter. That's what I need to happen for Klay Thompson, because that's what happened in Game 3. And Jalen Brown had already knocked down damn near 17 points. The 17 points that he got in the first quarter. And for the 707, it can't just be Dre. They all have to be physical. No doubt, everybody has to step up tonight. Everybody does. But those are the two guys that I'm focusing in on, because I do believe that the other three in the starting f- in the starting five, in Steph, Clay, and Wiggs, I think they'll do their thing. Kavon Looney, I want to see what happens with Kavon Looney. They didn't use him as much in Game 3. I want to see if they make that adjustment and maybe use him later on in the game. Or hell, I don't know, maybe they have Kavon Looney coming off the bench and they start small tonight and bring something completely different to the Celtics. And now for something completely different. I don't know. I don't know what Steve Kerr is going to do. It'd be fascinating. From the 952, interesting. Green needs plus 10 points. Poole needs 17 plus. Otto needs plus. And Clay and Curry need to do their thing. We will win. Otto Porter Jr. needs to knock down the corner three whenever he has an open look. Andrew Wiggins whenever he has an open look. And Clay Thompson, he needs to find more of those open looks. It felt like that last game when you go back and watch some of the highlights and the lowlights. He was drifting to his left a lot in that last game. Whenever he tried to shoot off the dribble, and then he'd be drifting toward his left, and then he'd, he'd, he'd somehow shoot in midair as he's drifting to his left. You ever tried doing that on a real court? It's damn near impossible to hit the rim, let alone make the shot. So I want to see him get his feet set, square up to the hoop. No drifting, no nothing. Just get a perfect, uh, get a perfect shot, and that's what you saw in that last game with the threes that he made. Although a couple of them were pretty tough, but uh, he made five of his 13 threes. I want to see him make some earlier in this game because there were some open looks, I think, timely shots that the Warriors didn't hit in Game 3 that they need to hit in Game 4. And if these guys all step up, you're not going to force Steve Kerr into overthinking lineup rotations and what they need to do in the next quarter, blah, 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 blah. Just go out there and step things up, man. That's it. Can't wait. Game four tonight. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in to the pregame show. It's been a fun one on this Friday. Game four tonight, and then you got the Giants and the Dodgers in their three-game series, so you can sort of enjoy that over the weekend, depending on how you look at it. Giants 14-13 at home, and they got a three-game set at home against the Dodgers. Yikes. But Warriors-Celtics game four. Can't wait to talk about them next week. Thanks so much, everybody. Stephen Lankford in, along with Sam Lubman behind the glass for Bonte and Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. The morning roast coming up until 9 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. And as always, go sports.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.